Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am thrilled to have April Kirkwood, who is, besides a she calls it a soul having a physical experience, is an author, a writer, a therapist, and a person that is very full of life. It was such a pleasure speaking with her and hearing her experience on life. And what was the most impactful for me was how this person who is was born in, in the middle of the country and has was spent a long time in education and grew up in a very re- different religious background as I did, um, really came to a lot of very similar conclusions about basic realities of life. And as I was listening to her speak, I wanted to show her all of the different Jewish books that are actually resonating very deeply with the ideas that she was saying. And I think there's a lot to be said about that because when we are going through the different challenges and tribulations in our life, a lot of times we try to figure out what is the specific solution to this immediate problem. Or maybe we think that there's some kind of answer out there that hasn't been developed yet or we don't understand yet, or that our problem is completely unique. And a consistent theme of my life, and you will hear April say this in the interview as well, is that all of the answers we need are gonna have come before we were born, is gonna come long before, like thousands of years ago. They're all captured in basic religious scriptures. The the Torah, the Bible, is the root of all of these leadership concepts. And it's really fascinating. And I'd never had this experience before of speaking to someone that came from such a different background, but preaches and speaks about such principles that are so fundamental to my life. So we're gonna speak about how to put your life in context, how your true essence, what your true essence really is, and how to become a lifelong observer and watcher over how you behave and act in terms of getting to know yourself and getting to know the next stages going forward. So with no further ado, speaker, author, therapist, coach, fantastic individual, April Kirkwood. I wanted to start by reading you a quote from the article that you did um, with me that was published on Medium and Thrive Global that not just sound like Oprah when I say it, but I was like shocked. And it was just like such a profound, a profound quote that I wanted to share with you, maybe ask you a little bit about. Standing, gazing into the pool at my quote, perfect life. I wondered how I got this miserable. Through my many tears and long nights soul searching, I finally found the courage to dig deep into the darkest places of my mind and soul and find how and what went wrong. Tell me a little bit about that and what happened. When you, and I'm older, but you know, when you're young, you think you have all the answers and then you think that the the career is going to make it right, the degree, the marriage, and then the money and the beauty and, you know, the perfect children and the picture we all paint in American life. And somehow I had maneuvered myself to get most of that. And, and, And I found myself the most miserable person, luckily for me, I never did drugs or drank because I would have been another Marilyn Monroe story. I mean, only for the grace of God that I'm standing here because I had within me probably enough religious training to be scared to do anything like that. Like, God, I'm going to go to hell. Um, but I, 
I was standing there one day and I was unhappy with my relationship. I was, and I wasn't sure why. And I think that was the big, and, and I thought, well, okay, I get to this point. I know I hate my life. The kids are okay. This is okay. This is okay. So why do I really hate my life? You know, and even the man I was with or, or the, the job that has its ups and downs, really? It, why do I really hate my life? And when you ask yourself that question enough times, it takes you back to yourself. And then when I went back to myself, I found, and I'm still learning. I mean, this is not a one-hit wonder. I wish it was. But I find myself now even going deeper. So, you know, when I write something, I think, mm, I've got this. And then I turn a corner, I'm like, whoa, look what I just did or thought or felt or observed myself or observed people that I am attracted to or not attracted to or or people that are attracted to me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there is so much more going on that we're, I think we are half asleep walking around. And I think it's because we're scared to death to find out the truth. It's easier to just follow. You know, I got I to I I jump into that. What, what, do you, what do you mean scared to death? Like what? what I, mean, I just, think some people are, are so, they don't trust their own judgment. They're afraid to challenge what they've been told. And since a baby, you know, they're, they're told you're a boy, you're a girl, you're a Christian, you're a Jew, you're Italian, you're robust, you're gorgeous, you're tomboy. And we integrate all of that into ourselves. And then one day we wake up and we're going, is this even me? Is this who I am? Am I Catholic? Am I Italian? Am I this? Do I, am I Republican? Am I Democrat? My parents are. I was told to do that. And I think the real reason people are afraid to dig deep is because if they don't have that, then who are they? Oh, wow. so, so if, I'm, if I'm not Italian, really, and I'm a soul, then why do I, you know, why do I take such pride in that or, or if i'm not really supposed to be a brainiac like my dad who's a physician well, i was told i was going to be a brainiac like him then who am i and that's frightening it's it's a it's a terrifying thought that actually it's it's very interesting because it crosses over into my own religious study and practice and that's that's that is a very fundamental point is that we are a soul that kind of puts on the garb of you know the physical attributes and the different character traits and emotions and everything like that how do you start to uncover the soul okay. part of you? Okay, so the good part of this, though, and I'm gonna, I'll retract to your question. The good part of it is after you get through all of this work that I do with you and some, you know, people, then you come back and go, I know why I was born in Ohio. Thank you. I know why my mother was crazy. Thank you. I know why my father was an absentee father. Now I can go back and visit that and accept it for what it is. And not only what it is, but as part of my master plan, mm -hmm. I really believe in synchronicity. I really believe that there's bigger things happening than we even realize the, um, the events of you and I meeting, um, 
I, I don't believe in anything that is, is haphazard. But um, going back, so I, what the beauty of it is, I can go back now and go, well, maybe I was brought to be Italian because maybe I needed to learn to be a little more dedicated to people. You know, maybe my mother was a drug addict because I was going to have a son who had addiction problems and I was going to have to learn that and I was going to be a vehicle for that. So, <clears throat> excuse me, there are reasons, but not when you're stuck in them and you identify with them. Now, my, my whole big thing is, start the healing, is I detach from myself and I become a watcher. Oh, did you see me freak out? <laughs> well, that was really interesting. That was, you know, what would make me freak out at a red light? Because I'm not that late. I'm not going to be late for work. But there's something that bugged the heck out of me. Why do, why do I have to have three glasses of wine every night? Why do I get a headache when I pull in the drive? Is it my wife? Is it me? Do I really want kids? Have them. Did I want them? Am I enjoying them? So when you start to become awake, um, and that's, that takes a lot of bravery and a lot of strength, and we do this through affirmations, through prayer, um, I really believe in spirit, and I really believe in guidance, and I believe when you're ready, it'll happen. Um, there's no rush, you know. I mean, if you know what the Bible in the Old Testament said, you know, to do wrong, to sin, which is to make an error of judgment, it's like heaping coals of fire on your head. I would hope that my story will help others so that they don't have some of the guilt that I have or some of the misunderstandings that I didn't get until I was 50. Well, how do you, so, so how, how, how does it even work in the sense that what should there be a, a does a person wait until their life is falling apart until they're they're unhappy when no. does it, i guess when does a person start to uncover the soul when they start to know truth and the okay. truth is they are a soul you, i don't mm -hmm. i think there are a lot people who have great lives mm -hmm. and i asked somebody once why is their life great and mine isn't and this gentleman said to me because they got it you don't have to God loves us so deeply that he will keep, you know, well, if I got to make you fall again, okay, okay, I'm going to give you another chance. And um, I've read some theories, and I'm not, this is not based on research, that the first half of your life, we all came here to learn lessons. The first half of your life, you're presented with lessons. The second half of your life, if you did not learn those lessons, they will be reintroduced with you more on a more difficult level. And so, and I remember watching Oprah once and she said, God, I get up every morning and say, please don't teach me that. I don't want to know, I don't want to not appreciate my children until one of something happens. So uh, it's an awareness and um, I, I started, I think, by studying The Course in Miracles. I think I started years ago. I was raised in the church. I don't feel I left my church. I feel I've expanded it. Um, that, that's, can, I, can I stop you and ask you a little bit about that? Because that's, that's, that's fascinating because a lot of, and, I, and I, you, you, had, you had brought it up earlier about how um, religious education for you and being involved in your church 
it sort of served as enough of a deterrence that you didn't allow your life to go kind of off the rails that perhaps you would have had you not had that kind of structure in your life. On the flip side, clearly you are branching out, like you're saying, ex, ex, you know, expanding, expanding your, your practice. You've brought in a tremendous amount of, you know, uh, clinical knowledge and, and, and the studies that you have that is, you know, coming from an outside perspective. So where does this all fit in, in terms of your religious practice and in terms of the journey you've gone in in your life? I think God goes to many temples. Interesting. And so, so I, and once again, I don't feel I left it. I just think I went a way that was more comfortable for my skin and my children at the time. So yeah. we just we're kind of, we're kind of universal beings. So that's, that's amazing. So, so what do you feel gives you the most guidance when you, when it comes to your therapy and your coaching practice and, and, and as you kind of go through on a day-to-day life, do you feel like there's a massive convergence of the clinical side and the coaching side and then the religious side and all these kind of practicing side? How do, how do you see that? Yeah, I wrote, a, I wrote an article for somebody else and it just came out like, and I, I was talking about the church Oh, Lord. And um, I was saying how my mother would cry every Sunday at church, sobbing, going to the altar, asking for forgiveness for her sins, blah, blah, blah. And it never helped her mental health. Mm. We, she came home just as distraught um, because she was mentally ill. She had a personality disorder. So I think we're on the verge and everyone is, I hate that phrase of the new age or whatever, but I think there is a convergence. And also the flip side of that, there's going to be more separation. I, okay. I, I'm probably, I'm, well, like when I was young, everybody was pretty good. You know, we had some bad kids and we had some good kids, but you know, we did stuff once in a while, like paper, you know, toilet paper to house or something. But now the kids seem to be, and the the, the government is, you're seeing it and religious. Half of the things we all argue about is just silly. It's just silly. You know, I mean, to me, love is the most important thing. And if you really love, and and in my church, um, the way I was brought up in a very strict Pentecostal background, the, the thing I missed was not loving myself. Mm. Forgive seven times, seven times, seven, you know, love, 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 love. But nobody said love yourself. And I, and I don't know if it was the cultural times of the women. You know, uh, in the book, I talk about that period of time when women were really, the birth control pill just came out and people were struggling with being able to make choices. And I think in history too, um, you'll see like the Me Too mo- movement, it went way this way. You know, first it was men controlled everything. And then now the women are cussing them out and want to castrate them and put them on, you know, the top of a Manhattan building and just kill them. I think that's probably the process of coming back to balance. Yeah, it's very interesting you said that. The, the, um, the, the, the verse in the Bible that says, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, the, the, the whole pr- principle of being able to do that is that you have to love yourself. And you're right that, that as so many of these, you know, the movements in the ex- extreme, I, you know, I, I, was, I, was, I was thinking about that concept as well. It's like you were saying also, and, it, and it's very hard, I think, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe I'll just, you know, come right out and say it's very hard for me as a 
I'm a rabbi and a coach and, and the different components of what I do. And I always really hope that I'm like over whatever I talk about, you know, and it's great. Cause like in the world of writing a book, you know what I'm saying? It's like you write the book and then you publish the book and then it's like, well, obviously he's got it figured out. But in the, in the, like the real time world that we're in, it's like now actually, you know, I, I, I wrote a great article about that, you know, six months ago and I had that figured out. Now I'm, whatever it is, compulsively eating again or whatever it is, I can't get out of it. So, so you're, you're right that there is that, that feedback loop I do think creates a lot of um, ex- extremes and that we all have to go to like these crazy levels to define how are we, you know, very few people can like live in the middle because there's so much middle and everyone's like, well, you know, what am I? And I have to continually like push myself to direction so that I feel like I exist, you know? Well, and then living in the middle again, you fall into the trap of just following the group yeah. and living what you've been told. Right. You're a rabbi. You don't do this. You don't do this. You don't do this. And this is who I am. And then someday you may wake up and go, I'm not sure if I believe all that or that is really me, but I'm still a rabbi. But you know, they, they put us in boxes. And I think part of that is uh, how to control the population. You know, I was an educator for years and education itself is an institution to keep everybody in line. And, uh, you know, and I, I see once again, I love that phrase of yours, the flip side. Um, a, A psychiatrist friend of mine said to me, now remember, your greatest strengths can become your greatest weakness. With kids even, I, we, we teach them, and I'm the same way. I have a new grandbaby. I want her to be beautiful. I'm like, why? I mean, yeah. and then I think to myself, oh, my God, how about if she's what not? Right. No, but I'm like, and I want her to be spiritual. I'm thinking, how about if she's not? I mean, mm-hmm. what, what would I do with that? Yeah. How yeah. would I approach a little person in my life that God has brought into my life who could be an actual opposite of me in every way, and would I give her space with love, but with good boundaries? You know, and we could talk about this stuff forever. I would just like to get people on the right track. Um, And I do a lot of, have you heard of the game Dungeons and Dragons? Yes, I don't, okay, I've never well, played it, but I've heard of well, it. And I, well, what I do is, and we, my family and I have been doing it, we create, because we're all counselors and teachers, we create a scenario for healing, mm-hmm. and we put them in circumstances where they have to question themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're living it, and then you go, my, you were playing a fairy there, and you bit off the, you know, giant's tail. What was that about? Well, he was a man, and I didn't like him. Oh, so you didn't, you know, so I think we need more practice in growing up. We need more practice as adults. We're all entering new age. Every, every 10 years, it's like a different dispensation in our lives. You know, the passages and they're new. Um, the bottom line though, is I think love life is great and I love life. And, um, I think the reason why my staff likes to work with me, because they'll go, no matter how much hell you go through, you're still so sweet. And I'm like, but why wouldn't I be? I mean, I love everybody. And, oh, you do love this person? I go, yeah, you know, they did well, the best they could. Well, I think that, that's, that's what you're suggesting is the outcome of, of intense spiritual work. And, and, yes. and that you very rarely find, again, if you, if you dispense from the, the titles, so to speak, and the, and the positions and everything like that, if you look at people that, I guess in, in my mind, possibly in your mind, you know, you would say are, have reached levels of, of, of actualization, they are going to have that approach of, thankfulness and appreciation and happiness. And uh, they, have fun. 
this is, do you know you and I probably won't, one of us won't be here in 30 years? I mean, that's not long. I mean, I hope we both are, but I mean, the odds are, you know, life is quick. It's long, but it's quick. It's long, but it's quick. And for us to waste time, and I tell my clients too, the only job you have to have for the rest of your life is to get to know yourself. That's all I want you to do. If you don't know you, no one else is. If you don't love you, no one else will. If you don't reach out to whatever your spiritual, no one else will. He's waiting or she's waiting. And life is about lessons too. I think we've, I grew up in a, a generation, my mother came from the depression. They gave me everything. And I think we missed that, that life isn't always easy. See, their life was so hard. That they, they, all they wanted was to make it easy for us. Right? Just make it easy, honey. It's going to be so hard when you go out in the work. Don't, you don't have to clean your room. I'll, we'll, we'll take, you know, you don't have to hang up your, I know you were out last night. Just relax. And I think we, happiness isn't always easy. Love, we always say, I want, especially people always want to talk about romance. I want love, I want love, I want love. But when love comes, it's it, teaching you about love is, <laughs> it's not always New Year's Eve with balloons flying down. So I, I just spoke to someone today that wrote a book about the steps you have to do to actually have a loving relationship. And she says I, her publisher thinks it didn't sell as well as it was supposed to because it was actually like about doing hard work and it wasn't uh, you know, a seven quick steps to, to living the life of your dreams kind of a thing. I'm surprised. Uh, some people don't like my, my um, stick. Uh, I'm more spiritual. I, if I could probably do anything in my dream, I would be a spiritual uh, leader. Because I, I get tired of, and I do it so well, the silly girl, the, the funny, you know, um, flippant. But that's just, that's just fun. That's just, it's just because I'm bored. You know, I mean, my real core is, is let's get down to work here. Because we have lives who are being destroyed. And what we don't realize, and I'm sure you do, is everyone we meet affects, what we do affects everyone. I've had people say you're my idol <laughs> or I, I really um i i believe in everything you say you've changed my life and but we all can do that everybody has a great story everybody can change lives you know and we don't have to put up a wall maybe or impeach someone or or i don't know i i mean i don't or hate anyone or so do you so it's it's an interesting question then, and I think this cycles back to the ever deepening sense of of knowing yourself better. Is why do you fall back on? And I'm, I'm I you know maybe if it's, if it's a weird question I'll ask you, I can put it back on myself. But yeah. you know, we all have that. You know, we want to fall back on those. You said like the flipping, you know, like fun. Or for me, it could be that I try to come off like a like a like a tough guy or or whatever it is. Like, and why do you fall back on that? You know what I mean? It's easy and it's safe. Okay. Because if you don't like her, my Marilyn Monroe self, I'll say, then you really no, do. actually know me at all. 
Okay. <laughs> you didn't really know me at all anyhow. So screw it. You know, mm -hmm. you, if, um, that's why women have affairs with married men, they're never coming. Tell me, tell me more about that. Well, like women who, who, and men who go after people who are unavailable, even emotionally unavailable, doesn't have to be literally married. I mean, this, right. this is really why it's because they know they're never really going to come. So they can never really be rejected because they weren't coming. It's a crazy. I mean, we're scared. Right. You know, we're all walking around with doom and gloom. Like I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I'm old, I'm fat, I'm short, I'm poor, I'm, you know, um, I, my no, you know, the, that's why plastic surgery is, I mean. Wait, so no, like, well, finish, finish that. So what? So, th so then they're walking around wanting that kind of. That they're kind so of, insecure. Right. That, and so then, so, then if someone would actually say, no, I, I, I love you, I want to be with you, then they're like, oh my God, no, I don't know what to do. Or like, what is. No, it? they would be like, no, you don't. I don't even like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't really do. No, but the guy who, or the girl, who, or or the relationship that gives you a rough time, number one, it's it's exciting. It keeps you on your toes. You don't have to think about yourself. The chase is on, and you know they're unavailable. So you know you can't lose because you already lost. I mean, and now this is on a deep level. There's so many great, great, so many great quotes. You're awesome. Keep going. What do you mean? Well, when you know they're not coming, it was like when a little girl in my book, when I fell in love with Frankie Valley, exactly. <laughs> Frankie was never going to be available to me. Right. So, I mean, and when he did become available, that became another problem. But, you know, <laughs> if you had um, Farrah Fawcett right. or, or you like the star cheerleader or football player, usually... Um, you needed it during a time when you were learning how to be self-confident, like 12, 13, 14. You were going through passages like, I'm just starting to like girls, so I'm going to put, or, or, you know, the girls today, Justin. The, the, the biggest, the, the most unattainable one, simply because then I never have to worry about it. They never really have to worry, but I can practice, and right. I can learn my skills, and I can put lipstick on, I can listen to the music and dance and get my groove on. Most people outgrow that. Right, and then they meet someone, and they fall in love. But some people, whether they can, have can I ask you a question about that? I'm so sorry to cut you off. Did, when, when, did, did people ever actually outgrow that? Because what I see and what I think, and 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 I'm sure this is endemic in 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 me and a lot of the stuff that I do is that while we might have accepted that that is not what's going to happen, whatever it might be. I don't want to say the cheerleader or the football player, whatever it might be, but whatever, you know, a lot of times we fantasize in completely impractical terms as, as children. And then, you know, when you start to put the, you know, like you're like put together, I remember the first time like, wow, that, the house I grew up with, like in California, like with, the, with that, that's actually pretty expensive. And like three on three cars. Like, so how do, 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 do people ever really grow out of their fantasy? Should they grow out of their fantasy? I think, I think, Sigmund Freud was right. And I think childhood is damn important. And I think I'm still back there. I mean, when I even go to my healing meditation or I do a meditation with somebody, I, I go back there. You know how you can become somebody else in high, you know, in high school, you were a nerd and right. you become somebody significant or that is socially acceptable. But when you go back to that class reunion, you're right back at the nerd. Right. And you're like, what happened? Had that? I, I'm not bad. 
But I think as a mental health counselor, do you this don't put this on tape because I don't want to hurt anybody. Okay. Once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. You okay. just don't drink. I think Once that's you twelve steps. I don't know if that's too that's well, not no, too but but no, well, but <laughs> but what I'm saying as a counselor, once you have a personality disorder, you have a personality. Right. Once a woman's been molested or a man's been molested, I, I think some damage uh, and some things, um, I don't think we do get over them. I right. don't. I think we learn how to adapt and, and we as good counselors give you skills. Right. <laughs> you know, count from 50 back or go into your safe space. But that doesn't obliterate the damage and the hurt and the sorrow. And the only thing that does that a little bit for me that I've seen and with my own life is a real spiritual awakening. And that's why, like, I always talk about the Trinity. But what I'm talking about, the spiritual awakening, and I've only had it at glimpse, I'm talking about the real awakening that we all, you know, that we all hope to attain, that maybe we have in moments when we're writing and all that. That was, that was divine intervention. I didn't even write this. I mean, where did this, who was, you know, who's helping me here? And I, I think that's our goal in life, to, to walk a closer light to ourselves. And, oh, our, and our true self is love and light. And the longer we could do that, I think the more we can get healed. But do I think most people do it? Do I do it all the time? No. Do I wish I did? Yeah. Uh, but if when you're aware and you're awake, and that's the beauty of this, you can become more alert. Like, oh God, I just, God, I just did it, you know, I, or I just, and, and then you can change it. I mean, awareness is healing. Awareness is a wakefulness, but you can't just be aware in a session and then go back to your normal life. For sure. It's, you know, it's so interesting. My wife had like a week of like this tremendous inspiration and she's very, she's, we're in a lot of ways, we're very different. And, and yeah, no, it's great. Um, so I would never do what I'm about to tell you that she did, but she kept saying like, I need to journal this because I know I'm only in a period of inspiration right now. And for me, I've been like, yeah, oh, fantastic. My life's changed. You know, I'm going to go do all these kinds of things. But, um, but, but you're hundred percent, but you're hundred percent right. That, that I, I guess the, the experience of being, I don't want to call it enlightened, but the experience of being in, in whatever flow, state, whatever you connected, want. Connected. Connected. Yeah. Plugged yeah. in. Yeah, you plugged know, in. We, we get plugged in at moments. And, and, you know, and that's when moments um, when your baby is sick and has a fever of 103 and you automatically, a first-time mother, know how to put them in cool water. They're, they're, I mean, we have these moments and everyone does, mm -hmm. but we just don't think of them, you know, as that, or gee, I was going to work and I, I was going to make a left. Thank God I didn't. There was a crash down there and I made a right, but you had that, but you, you, we, we diminish ourselves. Right. right. And, and that's, and that's, and you can even speak to that as a, as a, because certainly from a, from a religious perspective, you know, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but you can back that up from a, from a, from a clinical component also. Yeah, because um, from, well, from a clinical, actually, I think most people suffer from low self-esteem, low okay. self-worth, and depression. Okay. I think we, also, I think we are going so fast. I think we are becoming dumber every day only because of the technology that's coming in. We, I, 
I am so happy. I grew up when the TV was off at 11 and there were three channels and I went outside and counted ants and made a twig house for them. Maybe they would, we have lost a lot of our connection. So when I say it's mental, I don't know what came first, the mental disorder or the lack of, of connectedness to something that we thought was greater and bigger and enlightening. And, you know, I've lived this life. So, and also I have to honestly say my family was very spiritual. So for me, this was just natural. I mean, honestly, I think, and all, I also do believe people come in with different um, characteristics and sure. different traits. Uh, I don't understand geometry, <laughs> but, <laughs> I can, but I can do other things, you know? And also I came in with really a, a, a love for life. I don't know why. I don't know if I died in a past life. I don't know if there was, but I know when I came in, I had a deep re uh, a reverence for every moment. That's beautiful. And I don't know why. And I, my children came up with different things. And I'm like, wow, you know, you really got that one. Final question is, what's one thing you wish, like one like nugget that you wish that other, that everyone that you would speak to would, would just kind of know that you've developed over your, your career and your experience? <sighs> you are more loved than you know. You and are there more are loved or you have, you are more love with a you D are or more loved than you know mm. and that there are no mistakes in the universe your life is in a mysterious magnificent plan and if we can work it out and figure out what that is then wham bam thank you ma'am you're on go mm. and that's part of the test of life you know, we get brought in and sometimes we don't know what's happening as children. And sometimes our perceptions are even incorrect. Like you said, I looked at my parents' house, didn't think it was great. Then I came back and said, wow, that was pretty nice. Yeah, right. You don't know. You don't know. But I think uh, life is about love. You are loved. And you are here for a reason. Well, I have a lot of points. There are no mistakes in the universe. And... Um, it's possible to start again. If you have, if you can put your feet on the ground in the morning and, and face the sunshine, there's, there's a chance for us. And I would, my, my real hope is that they get this before I did so that they don't walk away with, I have regrets yeah. and I, um, and it's okay. I'm all right, but it is, it is what it is. It is what it is. And I can't make it go away. And I can just, take that information with me and make my life better. Beautiful. Okay, I'm turning this off. Okay. Um, oh, hang on. No, one second. I'm stopping recording. There you have it, folks. Another inspiring episode. If you enjoyed this, I ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on Rabbi Rupp through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, we have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much.